Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street. Horror for the casually obsessed. I'm John. I'm doing the intro solo this week, but Kim will be with us very shortly. Uh, this week we are doing a bit of a an extended What's Keeping Us Creepy. We're talking about all of the horror and genre films uh, that we've been watching at the South by Southwest Film Festival. And joining us to break it all down are our friends Adam and Ashley. They were actually on site uh, in Austin, Texas for South by Southwest. They got to see the, the really good movies that we didn't get to see. You can hear their thoughts on the un- bearable weight of massive talent the new Nicolas Cage movie starring Nicolas Cage as Nicolas Cage and the Daniels everything everywhere all at once Uh, that and all the A24 movies they got to watch they got to watch all of them Uh, Kim and I were covering remotely virtually here at home but we all pretty well saw the same movies Uh, a lot of them have been picked up they've found distribution at the festival obviously there are a handful that we that don't currently have a release date um, this is largely a recommendation episode of movies to put on your radar for later this year. We kick it off just by talking about our favorite movies at the festival, and then we go through alphabetically. So at the end, we will be talking about Ty West's X, because it had its world premiere at South by Southwest, really only a few days before it hit theaters. Kim and I also recorded a full podcast review immediately after our screening opening night last week. If you'd like to hear that, you can find it in the Nightmare on Film Street Fiend Club at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub. But you will hear the four of us talk about it uh, a little bit at the end of the episode. Just a heads up, not like you need to really worry about spoilers too much once we do get to that movie. But, you know, we do kind of talk about the themes and concepts of the movie. I imagine if you've seen any of the um, any of the reviews and in- impressions people have had online, any of the discourse really, um, it, it shouldn't be a spoiler to you. We don't talk about any of the kills in incredible detail. But if you wanted to go in absolutely blind, just keep a heads up that the last fifteen minutes of the podcast, you might just want to might just want to pause that, save it for later. But that's enough for me. Let's get into it. Let's talk about what's been keeping us creepy at the South by Southwest Film Festival. Guys, thank you so much for joining us on the show today to talk about your South by Southwest favorites. You want to introduce yourselves to everybody? Adam can go first. He's more interesting. I was chugging a beer. Um, (laughs) I am Adam. I am a co-host of a podcast called The Nightmare Hour Podcast. I am... uh, co-founder of Panic Film Fest, and also I own Screenland Armor Theater in Kansas City, Missouri. Woo. 
I am Ashley. I watch a lot of movies with Adam. I recently went to South by Southwest. <laughs> I work in advertising. I have no qualifications <laughs> to comment on movies other than I have an opinion. Yeah, bad news, Adam. That means that we're more interested in what she has to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, my favorite color is green. Does it change anything? <laughs> I do like green. Yeah, green's a good color. <laughs> <laughs> also super important to have you guys here too because you were actually on location you went to austin for south by southwest how was it in person i had a great time it was wonderful it was like all the things i love all in one place like i said i work in advertising so i got to go to all the activations see what real money in advertising <laughs> could do which yeah. was fun <laughs> uh and then yeah being being at all the screenings uh of the films that i love the most was really cool I know festival hype is real, so we'll see what everyone else thinks a lot about a lot of them, but it was awesome. Yeah, but did you like waiting in lines? Yeah, I mean, I got really mad about waiting in lines. I mostly got mad about waiting in line for X because it was very clear we would not be getting into X, but the other three people I was with refused to <laughs> acknowledge reality. <laughs> we received a ticket that was for the maybe, maybe line is what the woman called it. She was like, wow. well, if none of the Express Pass people, none of the filmmakers and none of the other 200 people in front of you get into the theater, then you will in fact get into the theater. <laughs> and I was like, cool. So we're leaving. And they were like, nah. <laughs> hey, but you know how close we got to the door? We were so close to that door. Yeah. Like, we so literally had a girl in front of chance. us. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's a chance is basically what happened. And there was a girl in front of us who was like, here's photos that I found on Twitter of how full the theater is. <gasps> oh, and wow. they were like, well, we can wait like 20 more minutes, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> I want to leave. <laughs> but boots on the ground was good. It, it was uh, having done, you know, we, I think all four of us did the Sundance virtual. It's, uh, you know, film fests are about like being together, being in the community, really like scrambling to go to the next thing but like you want to talk about what you just saw really quickly like oh real quick what did you see i didn't see that i saw this and just like, shouting uh, at people south in the hallway <laughs> yeah south by is that but like also somehow slower because you're like you can only because things are so spread out you're like running around the whole city but then you're like inevitably talking to people on the lines with you and it's just a much better experience but I watched half of, we'll talk about it, but I watched half a movie on a computer on the way to South by. And then I actually rewatched it in a theater with people. And it was like 10 times the experience. And that's just what going and watching it with people does. I got to tell you, it's not nearly as fun. I mean, like it's, it's fun in the sense that like, I didn't have to get out of my pajamas for like nine days oh. straight, <laughs> but yeah, it was mostly just like, I sat on my, I sat on my couch. I grabbed two dogs and I just put on movie after movie and ordered a pizza every once in a while. Yeah, you do. <laughs> especially after like this COVID haze that has descended on us for like two years, you miss that energizer bunny mode. You go in at festivals where you're just directing <laughs> yourself towards the next screening and like, yeah. you're, like hammering a drum all the way there. <laughs> you're like I could, I could drink. 10 times the beers and eat 10 times the popcorn. Oh, yeah. At the real theater. But at home, for some reason, I can only drink like three beers. <laughs> yeah. And then, I'm a, and then I need a nail. <laughs> and then yeah. you miss the end of the you know movie. It Maybe it's the blanket. <laughs> you know, I, one, one time I went too hard on that. Like, I was I was so overconfident. I'd been drinking coffee all day. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. I can have these whiskey drinks with these filmmakers and a few <laughs> beers with my friends. Go see Guns Akimbo. Like, the most high-octane cocaine-fueled movie. I fucking fell asleep in the middle of it 
I think we were in different theaters for that, too. Yeah, I sat front row center. Like, the screen is just, like, towering over me. And for some reason, I was like, this is a good place for a snooze. My favorite was we did one screen. I can't even remember what it was, but it was a Netflix movie. Oh, God. They gave everybody beers going into it. Like, it was a little celebration. Like, here's your free beer. Here's your free beer. And everybody in the line around John, including me, did not want their beer. So we gave them all <laughs> to John. And he had, like, an entire row's worth of beers in front of him for that movie. <laughs> Oh, wow. I did that at Panic Fest a few years ago. Adam was working, obviously, and I went and got cocktails with friends before. And then I came in for Color Out of Space. And I feel like he looked at me and was like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go into Color Out of Space. (laughs) She showed up drunk and then disappeared in the back alley and got a little twisted and then came back cross-eyed and tried to watch Color Out of Space. I was fully fine. Uh, yeah, we've all been I, there. I slept through Color Out of Space. It's a yeah. yeah. short story. Sold out show of Color Out of Space. Amongst this crowd. Me, like, pulling at her sleeve. Are you watching this shit? This is crazy. Hey, it happens. I was having a good time. You know, festival mode, new friends, drinking. It was great. Yeah. I had a great time still, even though I slept through the movie. Yeah, it's it's, it's all about making sure you have a good time. Yes, Who gives a it's shit? It's the experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, you sh- if you showed up sober, you wouldn't be talking about it on a podcast like two years later. Exactly. <laughs> so what was what was everybody's I kind of want to go through the list of like horror and genre films alphabetically but like first off like what was everybody's favorite movie of the festival we'll, we'll start with you guys I have to go first um all right well I will claim everything everywhere all at once it was just one it was everything everywhere all at once it was perfect <laughs> it combined two things that I loved which felt like uh the fight scenes of Scott Pilgrim where they're kind of silly yes. and comic and things blow up in stupid ways but it's humorous but also serious kung fu i think uh the lead actress i forget her name michelle yao, michelle yao is actually a kung fu master so uh, <laughs> oh, no. i don't know i have no idea um but it was wonderful and um but also combined this other movie that i think everyone else hates slash book that is wonderful called cloud atlas <laughs> but, uh, okay. where it's basically everywhere in the timeline you have people that you interact with in different ways uh, which is, you know, somewhat romantic. And it uh, so you have to like wacky things and romantic things. And I think you'll love that movie, but it was great. If you need to be sold more on that movie, there's a fight scene in which there's an impending multiple dildos that are going to go in somebody's asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that is. Yeah, that's true. The clock is really chicken. Yeah, there's that. There's a kindness fight. There is like the most insane fight scene I've ever seen where what I thought was a throwaway character becomes kind of the main character. No, all you need to say is there's a fight where there's impending anal penetration <laughs> by toys that, that yeah. goes on for five minutes and is incredibly satisfying. It pays off. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see that in a movie theater with several unsuspecting victims. <laughs> yeah. The only weird feedback I heard was from his friend who runs the Texas theater. And he was like, you know, if I was a little younger, that'd be my new favorite movie. And he couldn't really describe that, but I am younger and I think it is my new favorite movie. Yeah, okay. so. so fuck you, Brock. So yeah, fuck you, Brock. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Brock. In particular. <laughs> what about you, Adam? Um, oh, so it's a, it's a toss up because like one of the movies I had expectations and one of them I didn't know anything about. So I'll go with Unbearable Wave, Massive Talent, because that one, I was the most afraid of it being really bad. I haven't seen the second trailer, and I've heard the second trailer sells tells you more. Uh, it really shows what the movie is. Okay. But I'd seen the first trailer a bunch, and I knew it was Nick Cage playing Nick Cage. I knew that, you know, five, six years ago, the movie got announced. And it was like, okay, this movie, it's 
it's going to be not the movie we all want it to be is what I thought it was going to be a corny and at some point low tier action movie. That's what I expected it to be. And in actuality, it was a, a true bromance of two people who are truly in love, mostly with Nick Cage's career, one of them being <laughs> Cage, but really loving cinema and like really loving what cinema does to you. And, and, and like just hearing them have those t- types of conversations. And it was really just this bromance with not a lot of action, really. There's some like stakes in the background, but it's really like Pedro Pascal, who is like the most charming, like sweetheart in the movie. And Nick Cage, who plays what we think probably is who Nick Cage is in real life. Just being like these absolute goofballs and like super sweethearts and having a blast. And and also there's a. Uh, there's some naughty stuff in that movie too. I'm not gonna say there's ass play, but there might be some there are ass play in a fight, uh, <laughs> and it's just really really cute. And, and it shouldn't work. And it you know we're at the point where like everything's like real meta, and and this almost goes beyond that, and it comes full circle to just being like a really good movie. Like I mean, it has the scream thing going on where it explains the movie in the movie. Yeah, I mean it's not like <laughs> the script isn't like overly clever but it does handle uh, i think a lot of the nick cage stuff really well and it's just super fun and the cr- of course the crowd is like bombastic and nick cage is fucking there uh and yeah it's great it's fucking great and and uh again my expectations were like weary <laughs> like i was like oh fuck well, yeah, <laughs> you, you like, don't want it to you want it to be everything you've been hoping for right is that what you're saying yeah it's just like the movie that i've seen like advertised and had my hopes up and then it's always like the bad version of that movie uh, and that and and like this is this is a Lionsgate movie and Lionsgate has just been like a weak studio lately and i just had low faith that they would produce a good film <laughs> like basically like that it's like the expendables like it's not the same type of movie but i remember 10 12 years ago when that got announced you're like oh this is gonna be an awesome movie and it's not a good movie it's a bad fucking movie it's a bad <laughs> movie with people that are like that look washed up and feel washed up because it's a bad movie but this movie doesn't feel that way and it, it like continues in the cage awesomeness of it all Badass. I can't wait. I can't but also wait to it's see Pedro Pascal's movie. Right? That's the thing. Like, Pedro yeah. Pascal's the fucking man. Have you guys seen Prospect? Like, everybody talks about the man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Prospect, like, futuristic sci fi western. That movie, uh, more people need to see that movie. And that's that's exactly Nobody why I'm saw excited. that fucking movie, but that movie is tremendous. I saw the short film before that. It's, it's fucking great. And, uh, but you're, so no one has, has ever seen, as far as I know, Pedro play an everyday man. And this is like, I can't emphasize how sweet he is in this movie, but like, he's just a sweet little boy kind of like, he's just so, nice. I mean the everyday man who's also a drug Lord, yeah, you know, that's just what I was like gonna every, say too. Yeah. every other everyday man who runs a lot of drugs, <laughs> <laughs> just your standard a giant mansion. <laughs> yeah. And a few cars. Yeah. <laughs> A guest house where Nick Cage stays. Yeah, maybe so maybe I kidnap a politician's daughter every once in a while. It's no big deal. Yeah, yeah. you know, the, the usual guy. The only thing that's a bummer is uh, I remember a friend of mine when it was on the blacklist like years and years ago had told me that when he was describing the script, he says Nick Cage is like is Nick Cage. His career is his, his career. But like uh, he was he was desperate to get this one role and it was a role in the new Quentin Tarantino movie and, oh. and, and Quentin was in the movie and I'm like, oh, my God, Quentin hasn't acted in so long. I can't wait to see Nick Cage and Quentin in a, in a fucking scene together because they're both like just two cokeheads, right? Like, just, <laughs> like I just needed that scene and he's not it's not Quentin in this movie uh, and it's kind of, it's it's fine. I like who it is, but. I don't think most people know who it is. You guys definitely do, but uh, I won't spoil it in case people don't know. But I wish it was Quentin because it would have been 
incredible. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited to check out both of those movies, especially Everything Everywhere All at Once. Like, I'm sorry if I didn't ask you any questions about it. That's mostly because I don't want I don't want to know anything. I know. Else. Just like these are no, two movies like... we haven't seen, so we're both like, "That's great. I'm so excited. I'm even yeah. more excited." But don't talk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know. That's like, I feel so weird talking about movies because I'm like, I don't know. Most of the time I try to avoid uh, any trailers, any spoilers, anything. So then it's like, I want to talk about it, but also I really enjoyed knowing nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's also a hard movie to describe. I mean, really like, except for going like scene by scene, it's like, there is so, I mean, it, it is a movie that I, I couldn't fully understand. I need to watch at least one more time before I could re- probably even like review it honestly, because cool. there, it is so dense Mm-hmm. And it's like really like shows the possibilities of like the movies we all loved growing up that were like really handcrafted and beautiful. My 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 sentence is if, if Spike Jones had made the Matrix, he would make everything everywhere all at once. Okay. I would say if you're a romantic weirdo, you will like it. Yay. <laughs> right on. <laughs> so, so what was your favorite? Yeah, Kim. Uh, John and I's experience with the festival is we did all of the virtual coverage. So one of my favorite picks probably worked out best because we saw it on a laptop. Uh, I'm going to go with Deadstream. Fuck yeah. Uh, It is a single night haunted house found footage movie that takes place on a live stream. So think of Twitch, like a YouTube star goes on Twitch for one night. He's trying to repair his uh, reputation after being sort of quote-unquote canceled online. He's trying to win his audience back. So even though he's a complete coward, he (laughs) promises to spend the night in a haunted house. And normally with found footage haunted house movies, you get a lot of like knocking doors and sounds elsewhere and everything is done kind of on camera, in place. Your ghosts are very translucent and um, it takes a while for scares to build and when they do build that's there's not a whole ton there which you know I'm totally into found footage I'm totally fine with some invisible ghosties but the best thing about Deadstream is that it goes fucking ham it is balls to the wall filled with ghosts Sam Raimi-esque ghoulies corner to corner and like once it turns up it just stays there until the end of the movie like there's an assault of ghosts in this movie oh and probably hands down the biggest laugh that i had out of the entire festival from an old lady in in the live stream yeah like it's hard to kind of explain here but like goddamn, is it a guffaw moment well and that's another really (laughs) great thing about the movie is that normally in a found footage you know you have that like huge lull for the first 20 minutes because like everybody's setting up their equipment it's still daylight Mm -hmm. and we're like eating sandwiches or we're in the hotel and this one the the lead character he's going over the history of the house but instead of it just being like a straight boring one person speaking into a camera they're doing like such a multimedia thing he's cutting to clips of past ghost hunts he's got like newspaper Mm -hmm. articles and footage and audio recordings and so it's like it really immerses you in this story even though you are technically still watching one person stuck in a house experiencing a haunting well and him like setting up each camera is so stressful (laughs) i am actually such a baby about horror films which is hilarious that i'm dating adam because i uh historically have avoided them i've always had a friend uh, or now boyfriend in my life who's like yeah no you love horror movies we're gonna watch all of them (laughs) but i am a huge baby so like 
him walking into each room and like taking off the paper and sticking that camera up. I'm like, every time I'm like closing my eyes, like there's going to be something in it. (laughs) Every time he pulls it up on his iPad, it is so stressful. But yeah, I agree. They did a really great job putting together a story in the play. (laughs) It's so funny you say that because I... In the exact same way, even though like I actually like I actively seek out horror. Uh, <laughs> I I reviewed this for our website, and we also interviewed the the director, producer, and writers. I had to watch it a second time because I closed my eyes too much <laughs> the first time I watched it. <laughs> yeah, it is stressful. Like even though it's pretty silly, it's like I'm gonna close my eyes. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like I'm just gonna opt out of this scare. <laughs> yeah, I also uh, in high school used to break into a house that looked very similar to that oh, uh, wow. for ghosts hunting purposes which is yeah it's just like an abandoned house but i'm like this could have been me you know climbing in that basement window when uh, what's her name mildred millicent (laughs) comes comes to find you mildred yeah Yeah. something like that (laughs) we can't discount the unlimited jokes that i can't fucking believe they work but the chat whenever it opens like from literally start to finish this movie there's not one but two or three at any given moment jokes when they pop up that i'm like Fuck! They wrote the shit out of those comments, and they feel so organic, and they yeah, so accurate. Uh, so something cool we learned when we when we interviewed um, the filmmakers is the house that they filmed it in was actually like notoriously haunted in the town no. and was broken into every night. Like fucking nightly by yeah. teenagers because like they you. Were, yeah. yeah, it was me. <laughs> Not because they were going because there was like a movie f- being filmed there, but because they want to check out the ghost. Yeah. So they had to like hire why. security. I used to do that stuff, yeah, all the time in high school. There was like the haunted cemetery. There was Indian burial grounds, just like the classic abandoned house it was like yeah let's break into this place uh which a few spooky things happen but luckily nothing that uh at the level of what he experienced (laughs) yeah i mean the only thing stopping me from breaking into haunted houses in high school is just that there weren't really any in the area like i would have i would have 100 (laughs) percent been doing the exact same thing i was just hampered by you know my surroundings i just have a fear of (laughs) needles being everywhere (laughs) and there are needles in this i i wear cheap sneakers i don't want to step on a discarded needle that i I, ghosts fine (laughs) discarded needle no thank you yeah once we once we get doc martin money we'll start adventuring into haunted (laughs) uh so i haven't stepped on a needle but i did step on a nail once when i was a young boy and it went straight through all the way to the top It was it was an experience, but if you need one selling point for Deadstream, I will say uh, it is people will first say a love letter to Sam Raimi, but it's truly a love letter to Peter Jackson. Yes. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, this movie feels like Dead Alive, like in its core, like it feels like a tiny bit of DNA of Dead Alive exists in this modern day version which so many people haven't seen that a lot because it's just not available right now mm-hmm. but fuck this movie is great what a good pick Kim. like this is such a fun movie. but it is scary you're right like i mean she she hit her she you hit your eyes two times in this movie you were scared to watch this movie no, because it's, it, it, it's yeah. authentically scary as it is funny yeah uh, like that fun? blend of funny and scary it nails <laughs> uh what's that webcam movie that came out in the pandemic host uh, oh, uh, host. host yeah i feel like i had similar like you know, it's through the through the lens of a of a third party camera. So I was like the same type of jump scares is what I was ready for. But it had the same like lightheartedness. So I felt like I shouldn't be scared, but I was also terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I know you think you're going to be fine because you're like, OK, they're setting me up as a passive viewer. Like, yeah, this is cool. I, I'm fine. Yeah. This is a Zoom call. I'm not part of this. is yeah. a, This is a live stream that has already taken place. But you're still like, ah, fuck. One hundred percent. I just imagine Kim saying that out loud where you're like, 
can I watch this movie? John's just like, <laughs> Kim, you're speaking out loud. It's yes, I know it's a Zoom. It's just, it's just, it's just a live stream. It's fine. It's fine. It's not really I guess there is one other thing I truly appreciated, which was them capturing the ghosts only on camera, which I felt added so much humor and fear of like he had to literally look at his iPad in yeah. order to make his way through the house. He couldn't see it. But using the camera, he was like, all right, I'm going to get through this. We're going to be okay. And that's uh, the opposite of what you want to do. Like, you don't want to yeah. look. Oh. Like, you just want to close your eyes and just make it to the fucking door. <laughs> yeah. I, A plus. I think, uh, I think I'll pick, uh, I'll pick Sissy, which I think uh, are, are like two of the best horror. Like, Deadstream and Sissy are two of the best horror movies we saw at the virtual festival. Sissy okay. is really like quirky and unique. It's kind of a slasher movie, like a mean girl slasher movie. So good. <laughs> yeah, like it's a bunch of girls on a bachelorette and they are old friends that have sort of drifted apart and all of like the trouble from their previous relationship sort of like comes to the surface over this weekend and things get bloody it's also got a really rad like giallo soundtrack and way <laughs> gorier than i was expecting it to be i when we first started watching it i did not think it was going to be a horror movie i didn't really know anything about it and it so sold me because it's so whimsical and girlish and it's got such a fun like girls weekend vibe and then it's like oh Oh, this is a this is a movie. This is a murder-filled movie. <laughs> yeah, we also interviewed the directors of that movie as well, and they they said that the the words that they were using to describe the movie were Disney psycho pop was kind of the idea. Like it's like it's kind of <laughs> like Fantasia, but it's also got like lots of blood and glitter. That's fair. Um, yeah. So we, we'll preface by saying our screening was a different experience because we were in the <laughs> festival. So we had a crazy travel experience where we had delayed. We had to leave a day earlier than expected. All this last minute shit. And it made it made Friday, which is when we watched this movie, uh, tiring. So we we get, we traveled Friday. We we it's a nonstop go. We went and watched everything everywhere all at once, and then it was a nonstop go bouncing out of that to drive across the town to the Alamo to watch Sisti. Only our driver took us to the wrong Alamo, and oh, we had no. dropped off for a new <laughs> ride. And I, I will say, like we but we kind of both felt like a little lukewarm on it. But we did just see a bombastic movie. I was gonna say, experience. yeah, having seen yeah. everything everywhere before. That's tough to follow. Yeah. yeah. So so I think I could have watched fucking the best movie after. I could have watched I don't know fucking like ET for the first time and like. Meh. I mean, again, I will say that I think Everything Everywhere is my literal new favorite movie that exists. So I was like mostly focusing on that. Uh, and this, we literally watched this like 30 minutes after we watched. Wow. That. Yeah. So we, we, it was like, there's some stuff I like. I like remember Sissy in a Haze because it was just a long travel day. We watched one of the best movies I've ever seen, most unique films. Topsy Turvy got Ubered to the wrong place. Yeah. I liked it. I liked Sissy. I yeah. didn't love it. That's uh, it's definitely one of like the the benefits of of doing the at home thing because you can kind of just like front load your day with stuff you know you're not gonna love and it kind of just like yeah. sets you, sets you up to love whatever you're gonna watch at night. Uh, you you definitely avoid the situation where you see your new favorite movie and then another <laughs> one that you're like I should I really should have watched these in the opposite order. Yeah, one hundred percent. So John, you're saying uh, you just hit play and you had a good experience and you didn't have to go to different Alamos and <laughs> run through crowding of tickets and take somebody else's seat. Yeah. 
I got to I got to pause it halfway through, go use the bathroom, walk the dogs, come back, eat spaghetti. Yeah, had a free beer. Wow, hey, what a day you had. Yeah, I know a hundred percent. Like I, you know, the, like we're we're writing reviews and covering pretty well every horror movie that's there, and like occasionally you'll you'll come across one that you know is like you know the, the, this movie could be good, but just based on the description, it's probably not for me. Uh, I would always make sure that was the first movie of the day that I watched. It could either yeah. be a surprise or, you know, um, at least get me set up for something that I'm going to like later on. I will say, Sissy, I did. Like, I thought the lead actress was great. She oh, yeah. was I would love to see her in something else. I thought it was super gory, uh, which was the most interesting part to me. And then it <laughs> reminded me a lot of a Hulu movie. It was called like New Year's, New Year's. Something. Oh, New, New Year, Year, New You. you. Yeah, New Year, yeah, New Year. Yeah, which I love that movie. That's so again, theoretically, movie. I should have loved this movie. <laughs> it was just a, a situation of circumstance. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah. Was that the goriest movie at the fest? Maybe. I can only remember the last scene. So I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> and, hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> definitely, it definitely crescendos to a nice finale. I like that. <laughs> Just going through stuff uh, alphabetically. Let's let's start at the top. Did anybody see Bitch Ass? We haven't seen that one yet. He got it for Panic Fest, so I'm sure that's when we'll see it. Um, but I was interested. I had it actually as the last movie we would watch at South by, and I decided that it sounded too heavy, and I wanted to end on Bodies, 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 which was exactly where I wanted to end. So I'm happy we made that decision, but I'm looking forward to see it at Panic Fest. Yeah, bitch ass. Yep. It's definitely not heavy. I'll give you that. Like it's it's, it's okay, a good. much lighter watch. If anything, this would have been the movie to watch ahead of Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, Dang, it's uh, it's it's kind of almost like a Scott Pilgrim for horror fans. I'm overselling it. Don't 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 keep that in your head. <laughs> Let that just pass from one ear through to the other. It's kind of it's like a it's a slasher that's set in 1999. Um, and the killer uses a lot of like old games, like, like operation. He kind of turns them into deadly traps, but like visually they do a lot of interesting stuff where the picture will break into like five or six panels and then it starts to move around and you're just, you're watching like a cascade of, of stuff happening, but (laughs) it's like really, really, really low budget. And unfortunately just kind of like shows the limits of what it's capable of of doing occasionally. I would love to see this movie like from the exact same people remade again with like ten An extra million, million dollars. dollars. Yeah. 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 <laughs> did you uh, uh did, did you have anything you wanted to add about No, Bitch I'm ass? I'm the exact same way. Like unfortunately the low budgetness of it kind of took me out, but I totally agree with you that the filmmakers like have a long career in horror Hell ahead yeah. of them. Yeah, I can't wait to see what they do next. How how is it to like something like Beyond the Gates, which was kind of like a Jumanji horror film? Um, is, is it kind of like that? Like that was pretty low budget too. Yeah, I mean, like sim- uh, like it, it, in terms of like what they're what they're able to achieve with their budget, it's pretty it's pretty similar. Like the I like there are so many great ideas in the movie. They just needed the money to execute it. Is is the biggest problem? Yeah. So so tell us about well, bodies, I- bodies, bodies, bodies. <laughs> Oh, I can talk about. Yeah, that. Adam, I would say I liked it a lot. I really love. I always forget Rachel's last name, but Sonnet. So, what is it? Sonnet. Sonnet. OK, uh, she's very funny Internet person and also was in uh, Shiva Baby, which oh, was yeah. amazing. Um, so I big fan of hers. She stole the show in this movie just as like 
did you guys see it? I don't remember. No, it no. wasn't available yeah, digitally. Well, she's just kind of a dumb idiot in it, and she's like not a dumb idiot in real life. So I got a lot of humor out of that, as did the rest of the audience. <laughs> but I thought the movie was really good. Adam loved it, I think, more than I did. So he can he can take it from here. Uh, yeah, I fucking love this movie. <laughs> this movie is ten out of ten for me. Uh, there was four A twenty four movies there, and this was the one that nobody knew anything about except for the cast. And sometimes that's like to your advantage. So it, there is like, I mean, there's it's truthful in, in that festival play is so different because you are really the first. So there's nothing out there clouding your memory, like your mind. There's no trailers usually for a lot of stuff. There's no reviews. So you, it, it's the best way to watch something. Mm-hmm. But sometimes in retrospect, you're like, oh, I guess I see why everyone hated this movie that we, we love. <laughs> but I don't think this will be the case. But like, Sometimes it happens because you're the first to see it. There's nothing clouding your perspective. It is really like seeing a movie like 25 years ago would have been right when there's no reviews out there. But I would say this is the weirdest movie to set up that way. It seems like a very likable, good movie. (laughs) I'm just saying like in general, when you go, festival play is just so different. And and like, because we really don't know, like there's no trailers or, or like usually get like an image. And you get like a synopsis that's sometimes right, but you have no reviews out. There's nothing. Here's the most basic shit about this movie. And sometimes like a movie we might talk about later, you might not watch a movie because, oh, that doesn't sound like my jam. But sometimes you need a review to sell you on the movie. And, and this isn't one of those movies. This movie sells itself. It's fucking great. It's it's uh, it's a handful of friends that all get together. Um, like a, a girl who's long lost from the group. She brings her new girlfriend to meet her friends. And this they're all well off, like high upper class white mostly white well they're saying upper class white guy's house Uh, upper class white guy is pete davidson so again people will come see this movie (laughs) and and they're gonna stay there the weekend and party uh (laughs) while they survive a hurricane and and it turns into like a whodunit after they play this game called bodies 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 and somebody turns up dead and that's like the premise it's great it's not true horror but it's 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 the sharp some of the best dialogue and the sharpest dialogue I've heard in a long time. It's got some of the best line readings I've I've heard in a long time. This movie's gonna be instantly quotable. It's uh it, it really does roast Gen Zers I think quite a bit, but it, it also roasts you know woke culture quite a bit and just like what is good in, in life. And it's just like the movie I wanted to end the festival with. Like we could have watched Pachas after it, but this was just like we went on such a high. I mean it was the most. Re- rambunctious fucking screening we'd saw right right on i mean people were like like if, if the chairs were movable people have been throwing chairs around <laughs> if there's a beach ball to be thrown around the room we've been tossing the fucking beach ball it was crazy i mean yeah mostly rachel's just hilarious there's also a part in the movie like the beginning of the movie where they're talking about this game they're gonna like bodies 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 is a game and someone's like "Ooh, we're settled into this storm let's it's like play. ghost in the graveyard it's like a it's like one, werewolf one night of werewolf, werewolf. Okay. okay yeah all right so it's like, uh, they're like, ooh, let's play bodies, bodies, bodies. We're like really settling into the storm now. And someone's like, no, we can't fucking play that game. Like we, someone cries. Someone is like, their feelings get hurt. Like we can't play that game. Like in our friend group, that game is off limits, which <laughs> yeah. I just think is funny because I feel like that's like, you know, a family playing Monopoly. Like we can't play Hitler, that <laughs> whatever Hitler game. Okay, to we be can't a clear audience, game. we don't ever just play Hitler. <laughs> no, what's the Hitler game? There's the Hitler game. Yeah, secret Risk. Secret Hitler. No, oh. it's just called Secret Hitler. Yeah. So it's like those are the games that are like kind of off limits and certain uh, friend groups or even one in a werewolf. You know, some people just get ganged up on in it. So it's like I thought that moment was really funny just as 
uh, bringing a game into a friend group where you're like, no, 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 this friend group cannot play that game because <laughs> it gets too heated. And then literally start people start getting murdered. <laughs> it's like Clue. Yeah, it was I mean, great. It's, it's a lot. Like that's exactly that's what fun. I thought of when you started talking about <laughs> it. So um, immediately that's getting moved to the top of the list. I'm so excited. Uh, yeah. Side note, John and I can't play Pictionary. Can't do it. <laughs> we're so petty. Exactly. Yeah. We're so petty and competitive <laughs> that we keep our old drawings and, and write down like the incorrect or correct guess. If we try to play when friends are over, it just turns into us like a, like looking at our friends and being like, what does this look like? <laughs> yeah. What does this you- look like a fucking voicemail machine to you? <laughs> I get, yeah, yeah of Who's course are you? <laughs> Pick it a fucking side. Of us. <laughs> uh, yeah. it, well, we have to play Pictionary when you come to Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm we'll, really bad at Pictionary, so will, I don't think you should play that. Perfect. It this will get perfect. heated. Because I can't draw for shit, and according to Kim, also you can't I can't guess. guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> next, next up on our list, we got Hypochondriac. Did you guys see Hypochondriac? We did. I uh, was actually a little surprised by this one. I didn't expect to like it all that much. I didn't. I, ultimately, I didn't like fall in love with it. I didn't, you know, my head over heels about it. But I really enjoyed the character in the movie. Um, I mean, you know, to say you've got a movie, a horror movie that's about mental illness, or, or like either this character is he's he's either uh, you know coming to terms with being schizophrenic, or he's actually being haunted and experiencing hallucinations. That's 90% of horror movies that come out nowadays. Uh, Wait, John, is your favorite character uh, Frank the Rabbit from Donnie Darko? <laughs> yeah, so that's the other thing, right? Is this not just kind of a Donnie Darko riff? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I had to interrupt you because uh, that that's what held me back from loving this movie. I really wanted to like this. But conti- continue, But uh, because Frank the, Frank the Rabbit, uh, Frank the Bunny is, is the main character. You, we felt the exact same way watching it. We were like, this... This feels very reminiscent. Yeah, like all he needed to do was say that like the world's gonna end on Halloween night, and you're like this this is Donnie Darko. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's I just... fell asleep for like thirty minutes, and then I woke up to like the end scene of Donnie Darko, and I was like, all right, yeah. Well, it looks like it. Ended Did you put on Donnie Darko to finish it out? <laughs> but I mean, like ultimately, like it's it's a pretty good little character study for like for an indie yeah. horror movie, and. I don't know. Like so, some people online are really nuts about it. I I think I also just kind of saw it at the end of the festival run for myself, and like I was already kind of exhausted. Um, so that didn't necessarily put me. It kind of like I was in like the same situation you were with Sissy, maybe, where it's just like I am not watching this in the ideal scenario. But but uh, yeah. I think it still had some good like atmospheric scares, and the lead in it's really good. Oh, the lead is uh, incredible, and th- I was just looking the lead up. Uh, Zach Villa, like. The movie is only interesting, I think, because uh, his character is, is so strong. And I think really, truly carries the movie. Like, had that been cast differently, this movie would probably not be as watchable. But there's some great ideas. It's just like, it, it's it's so perplexing that it's like nobody, I feel like, I'm not being like an, an asshole about this, but like, I really do think that, that the costume of his uh, imaginary friend is really is Frank the rabbit from Donnie Darko. Like I've seen that in real life and it looks identical to the costume we could buy. Like not the movie quality costume, but like the costume you get at the store. Mm-hmm. I was it, Frank for Halloween and can confirm. It looks very similar. <laughs> Last year I was Donnie Darko. And, she was Frank. Uh, uh, and, and Donnie Darko is one of my all timers. Um, I just can't like it. It's just such a perplexing thing because it's such an iconic character of the last 25 years to really steal that and like try to like 
put yourself up on that. Cause it's so distracting. Like I can't, I just can't imagine being on set and no one being like, we're just kind of ripping that off. <laughs> like it's just so similar that like, like put a, do like a sheeted ghost. It'd be less distracting <laughs> than this. Uh, because the rest of, up until that point, I was pretty in on the movie. Uh, and then that move that just took me so far out of it in terms of like the lack of creativity at that point. I, I was really like, it kind of made me angry and seeing like, like I felt like the filmmaker just like gave up on their own creativity or their own ideas and went with something that they really, it wasn't wearing your, 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 uh, influence on your sleeve. It was just like recreating your influences, um, which is not my vibe, but, but, it, but there's a lot to like, cause it, the performance is just so fucking good. Like yeah. he's truly incredible. I mean, really does anchor the film and kind of like sissy, like a lot of these films I think we're going to talk about is, which is rarely the case. Like I I'm blown away by the performance rather than uh, uh rather than yes there's, there's one right I, here yeah getting, i'm sorry i'm getting a beer delivered to me like an asshole oh my are gosh. they like are you interviewing yourself right now excuse me let me get my we only talk uh, to each other in microphones now. Uh, uh, sorry this is what it's like to be rich john uh, <laughs> No, uh, but, 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 but like, uh, so many of these films I think we're talking about is like the discovery of this year wasn't necessarily the filmmakers for me. It was, it was talent. Like there's a fuck ton of great actors on display this year and and actors, meaning both male and female, like they were, I mean, they really, I I think across the board, like there's some performances that are like, holy fuck, they are here. I mean, I would also go back to like everything, everywhere, the main villain, she is insane. Uh, I have not seen her in anything else. The Daniels basically were like, I don't know. We worked on something one time. She knew we were weird. We knew she was weird. So we cast her. Right on. <laughs> like, she was insane. Like, just like, I mean, again, it's a total standout. Um, but the hypochondria. I have a hard time just like shitting on any movie that feels small, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. There were things that like I liked a lot in that movie. But yeah, I would say that the Donnie uh, Darko aspect was a little distracting. Did you, did you, <laughs> so uh, did you guys see Slashback while you were in town? Oh, we saw Slashback. We saw it at home, though. Um, that, that was the first movie we watched. Oh, OK. I thought it was adorable. I loved it. I just thought it was so cute. So fun. Again, all of the talent, just great uh, for child actors. I feel like I apparently those aren't hard to come by these days, but uh, yeah, they seem to be everywhere, they, right? Yeah. Like somehow all kids are good at acting now, but you think that's because like everyone's growing up with like TikTok. Uh, first stuff, it was like, yeah. I want to be, yeah, I want to be a YouTube star, a TikTok star. Like everyone's just used yeah. to cameras. They're used to playing it up a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Um, I mean, I thought that movie was great. Yeah, awesome. yeah, and they Fucking actually awesome. felt like friends, which was nice. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so for for anybody who hasn't heard of it, like Slashback is kind of like an all-girl attack the block set in none of it. It's a small Inuit fishing community. Uh, aliens crash land just outside of the town, and it's up to these girls to. But they're like fucking, fucking shape shifting, body inhabiting aliens. <laughs> yeah, there's the first the first monster that shows up is a polar bear, and it's really oh so scary good. Looking. Yeah. Hey, so let me ask you this: When you guys watch this, this was the first fat first film of the fest for us of the indie stuff. This was the highest on my list. I don't know why. It just sound. I love the thing. I mean, I like, I'm like a normal person. I love the thing. I love the tech, the block, <laughs> you know, this seemed like that. And I was like, I got to watch this. And, and it was like a, a tiny little town in new town. I got to watch this. And then when we got to that first scene, which is like 10 minutes in the movie and you see this weird ass polar bear 
And uh, I guess like slight spoiler, but not really like the polar bear attacks a young girl. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't trust this fucking movie because like, <laughs> it's like you, it's a, a immediately attacking like a small child, like viciously. And you're like, oh, and I won't spoil what happens after that. But like my jaw literally was like, oh, fuck, this movie's not fucking around. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys have the same reaction or was it just me having a Tuesday? Well, what's what's also so crazy about it is it's so bright uh, out it's the middle yeah. of the day because yeah. it's actually set during the summer solstice so they're in like 24 hours of sunlight because they're such a northern yeah. community which is such an underutilized thing in horror <laughs> we've had the opposite we've had like 30 days of night and stuff but like setting stuff in the arctic where they have fucking weird ass periods of of daylight and darkness are so perfect for fucking horror that everything should just be set in the arctic <laughs> Oh, I totally agree. Anytime I see a movie that's like, this is a scary movie. Also, it's daylight. I'm like, this movie's going to fuck me up. Like, <laughs> yeah. I know in like a scary, dark corner, I'm going to close my eyes. But if it's like, you know, daytime and something jumps out at me, like my life is ruined. I can't probably make it through that movie unless looking through my fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Nowhere is safe. It's bright as fuck out. And that polar bear was walking on his his ankles. Yeah. Well, also oh, like, man. yeah, the, <laughs> the human suit situation in that movie is also so actually genuinely terrifying. It's really good. Only, yeah, really contrasted by like the cute little kids. It's like scary human suit. Oh my God, cute, scared kids. Oh, it also has a really so. rad soundtrack. I almost forgot about that. Mm-hmm. It's like half, oh. half the songs are by the Hallucination, which used to be called Tribe Called Red. And they do like, it's it's basically just like, like, ED, not EDM, but like electronic, like throat singing. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> like, Fucking love it. It's my go to workout music because it just drives. <laughs> uh, so I actually had a chance to interview. This is the one interview I think I did this festival. Oh, yeah. I interviewed the director, and she. this was her first film. And uh, she talked about the, because I was so blown away by the cast, and she co wrote the film. None of them were actors, uh, they were all lo- locals to the region. And they just like kind of lived together and she did like an acting boot camp with them and like really taught them to like act and how to act to film. They just spent the whole like I think six or seven weeks together, like as a as a summer, uh, really just like connecting, being friends and like growing that relationship together. And like you really this movie, like of the most, most of any of them, I think feels so authentic. And there's like some dialogue in this that kind of borderlines on clueless and I, I was so obsessed with it because there's like whatever's and as ifs and stuff like that happening <laughs> throughout the, the course of the runtime and I called her on it and she's yeah I fucking love 90s slash 90s coming of age movies I'm Hell like yeah. yeah you do because of course you this do movie's obsessed with them uh but yeah this movie is super fun uh and Kim you alluded a little bit to like the uh effects but like the monster is so rad in this movie oh. so gross they could have used that, like, they could have used that polar bear the whole time and I would have not been angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even just that polar bear alone. Yeah, yeah. like, oh, the alien is just this polar bear. <laughs> so fucking rad. Like, so gross. And uh, the evolution of it is cool. It's super cool. And I don't know what their budget was, but they did. I know they did a lot with their budget. Yeah, and I think I think it's going to be pretty easy to watch, at least here in Canada. I'm almost positive the movie was made in partnership with Crave, which is it's kind of like Hulu here in Canada. We don't have Hulu up here. It's like Hulu meets HBO Max. Yeah, that's kind of exactly what it's like. I, I think they made it in partnership with them, so I, I think it's going to be coming out uh, at least on Crave or you know on CBC um, at, at some point this year, I would think. Uh, I should probably you know, maybe start doing that with all the movies we talk about. Like, obviously, everything, everywhere, all at once, and the unbreakable weight of massive talent are going to be hitting theaters soon. 
Um, a lot of these still haven't necessarily been picked up much, but Deadstream and Sissy have been bought by Shudder, who bought, like, I don't know, a half a dozen movies at the festival They bought everything. Year. Like, it was just like, oh, this horror movie's out, and it's just like, acquired by Shudder. <laughs> yeah, so basically, if you if there's a movie you wanted to watch at South by Southwest, just get a Shudder subscription and be patient. It's coming. <laughs> Shudder's getting a little more in the in theatrical game, too. Uh, so I hope that, that especially De- Deadstream, I hope we get some midnight screenings of that, because... That'd be rad. It's it's one you want to watch with people. Yes, it's like the cliche like somebody will stand like scream and dump a bucket of popcorn in your lap uh, because it's just like a, a fun roller coaster. Yeah, and those are the exact same people when they watch it at home by themselves. They're like, yeah, it wasn't scary at all. Like that's it's a movie you have to watch with people because because you you need other people to see your reaction. <laughs> yeah. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. We've only we've only really got a few movies left um, outside of X, which will probably be the last one we talk about, just because alphabetically, obviously, it's coming last. <laughs> uh, we got the seller, the cow, and the prank left. What? Uh, which one did you want to talk about, Adam? Um, so we only saw one of those three movies. So you're gonna have to enlighten us on two of those. So we only saw the prank of those three. So some of these, like I'll, I will skip. Every festival is like this. We're like. Sometimes, uh, like X, we didn't we didn't try our asses off. That was the one. It was coming out four days later, and it's technically still part of South by when we all an saw. Hour and a half. I couldn't have tried anymore. Yeah, <laughs> we tried our ass off to get that. I guess. <laughs> uh, but but like some of them, like the seller comes out in a couple weeks on Shutter, so we didn't try that hard because we knew like we get home, we can see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the cow, the cow was just like you know outside, slightly outside the realm. I think it was at the same time as the prank. Yeah, it felt like every screening was like during another screening, and then uh, we got home and we just didn't have time to catch it. So, sell us on the seller and the cow. Oh, I don't think we can. Oh no, we can't really. Like, unfortunately. Oh yeah. no, we weren't really. I was excited for the cow. I don't think I knew about the seller, but I was excited for the cow. I mean, hey, the cow. If if the, the cow is definitely one of those ones where it's probably best left. Like, the less you know about it, the better. You know, like the synopsis yeah. essentially is that Winona Ryder and her boyfriend go to an Airbnb, like a cottage. But when they get there, there's another couple that's it's been double booked. There's already a couple there. They decide that they're just going to share the space for the night. Winona Ryder and her boyfriend are going to leave in the morning. But when she wakes up, he's gone. He's split. He left with the girlfriend of the other couple. And that's and then the rest of the movie is basically Winona Ryder trying to find out where the like what the fuck happened, why he just ditched her. It's weird that it's in the midnight category because, like, if if the Lifetime Channel hmm. was hosting a film festival, they would <laughs> they would absolutely put this in their midnight. Yeah, category. this is a midnighter oh, no. Lifetime movie for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's the midnight movie yeah. you can watch with mom. <laughs> um, honestly, I'm really happy to hear you to not like a movie because I was like, do we only talk positively about movies on this podcast? <laughs> Adam went like really deep on hating a movie. <laughs> I've surface level hated once. I don't think there's any more that I will. Hypochondriac? You went pretty deep on hypochondriac. Well, well, (laughs) I 
I can edit this podcast. I have the power. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the other one, the seller. Unfortunately, I di- I didn't even write a review for it because I just I couldn't get into it. Like, uh, uh, so it stars uh, Alicia Cuthbert. If you guys remember from uh, yeah. the House of Wax remake and Popular Mechanics for Kids and Popular Mechanics for Kids. If you're Canadian uh, and Canadian only. Wow. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hang on. Time out. <laughs> So in, in America we have popular mechanics. Uh, is in Canada we, you don't even have, you don't have the regular you only have a kids version. It's a kids version. Yeah, we, we <laughs> Elisha Cupper. No, no, is, is, yo, is, as no when she was like eleven. Yeah. <laughs> with, oh, okay. With, uh, I thought Jay, now like her career uh, mounted to that. Adam's gonna cry. His voice is cracking right now. He's <laughs> like so excited. I was so thrilled that I, her career had uh, crescendo to <laughs> popular mechanics. For He's kids. literally crying. <laughs> And uh, her co-host was uh, Jay Baruchel. Yeah. We just learned how to actually say his last name. We've been calling him Baruchel forever, and he lives in our in our country. <laughs> Wait, that guy's on the the kids version. Of he was a mechanic? he was a popular yeah. mechanic wow. for kids when he was like eleven. Yeah. <laughs> wow. wow. All right. I'm gonna have to get a huh. sub. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the seller is is one of those you know like standard. Uh, is this house haunted movie very inspired by like The Conjuring, Insidious, that kind yeah, of thing? Yeah. Uh, I will say that the kind of secrety premise that they're trying to uncover is very cool. Unfortunately, it's kind of got one gag, one scare yeah. that they, I think they pitched on it and it wowed everybody in the room, but they never like elaborated beyond that. So they just keep revisiting it and keep hammering this one scare home. So yeah. it, it tires itself out. Yeah, it's a little bit like like the conjuring and the beyond but like i like i'm <laughs> that's again overselling it but uh, <laughs> but yeah that that's similar to what it's like it, it it's kind of like the the house that they move into in the conjuring and it kind of goes to the same sort of like weird fulci areas that the beyond has yeah and they start out with like is there something weird about the basement but then they're going like is there something weird about the basement for an hour and a half yeah it's and a lot you're yeah. finally just like you you we know there's something weird about the basement can we just do some weird yeah. stuff in the basement can we get to the basement <laughs> like minute 30 to 40 yeah that'd be great can we do the basement though actually can we be in the cellar yeah Yeah, i was gonna say because the title of your movie is the cellar (laughs) oh boy Uh. yeah i know i know you uh i know you specifically adam were really looking forward to the prank what'd you think of it uh i wish i wasn't looking forward to it (laughs) uh man don't you hate that like i sometimes i gotta like x is an example for that where i had to like tamp myself down like stop being excited about it just just let it be its own thing i know i feel like i got in my own way for x <laughs> yeah so, so no well, i don't think that's right we can talk about it later but i just think x is like not a great movie and everyone should accept that and like stop <laughs> making excuses for it <laughs> well hang on hang on, hang on. Real, real quick we saw the so what's fun what's fun is like you guys know like uh, uh, the world premiere of stuff it's like hmm, we saw the world premiere of the prank at 11 30 a.m and uh and you know everyone was there and i would say uh everyone was there as wow. in every single human being who entered the screen got a cheer yeah. which was nice yeah rita uh, morana was not there yeah no, she, she was, was not, not there. there um but the rest of the cast and crew is there i will say um i saw the filmmakers other film and i was like very medium on it as well and uh but but like you know it's like you always this is her sophomore film and i was like okay this is probably gonna be a step up it might be her third or fourth film okay mostly she's because made 19 films I, uh, <laughs> I read the deadline interview which like just ripped it apart which Aww. again i like i just like can't like i don't know how do people do that it just like seems so 
it's just so mean. Like, I like, where well, do you a small budget movie? This movie is probably a couple, a, a million or two. I, I would bet this movie is pretty budgeted, but I would say like, I mean, I, we could feel it during this movie. Like I, I, I'm not usually one to get up unless I'm getting there a beer to get a little, <laughs> to get a little twisted. Uh, but like it was 1130 in the morning, so I'm not drinking a beer. So, but like, like my attention wasn't grabbed by this movie. This movie, like the, the chemistry was a little off. There's like something off. Like every beat was a little off. It was a little quiet, a little soft. Uh, I, I really wanted to like this movie. We were both very excited to watch this. And, you know, under the best circumstances with the world premiere with the, the cast and crew there, like the actual audience, you could hear them. They were all sitting together. They would laugh and cheer. And then the audience outside of them and the, uh, you know, around that literally around them, uh, was quiet. And, and it oh. just felt like it, something was just like, it was like a little slow, like, Oh, that was supposed to be funny, I guess. Or like, and it just didn't play great. And, and, and the stakes were relatively low. I think in the movie, it was cool to see Rita Morano be a villain, but like, I think, I think she was having more fun than was actually given to her to do. Mm. Yeah, for, like she was trying to play it up. Yeah, for, I mean, oh, sorry, go ahead. Okay, I know I just made fun of you for getting in your own way for a movie, but I do think I did get in my own way for this movie as far as I read a synopsis that was like, uh, you know, Mrs. Wheeler, the character, realizes something happened. And then I thought she was going to like kidnap the kids and like kind of torture them. <laughs> like, oh, I was sort wow. of waiting for that the whole movie. Like, I kept thinking, like, oh, they're going to do this thing and then they're going to get caught and then they're going to get captured. And then most of the movie is going to be these kids like captured. But most of the movie is just like the kids doing the thing. Uh, it Which like, I, again, I, I truly do think I got my own way in that matter. But it, I would agree that it seemed like Mrs. Wheeler, like uh, she looked fierce. Like she like I loved her outfit and her she gloves. Looked, like, yeah, <laughs> she like that, like tight bob those like leather gloves the leather pants like she looks like a badass like, like she's ready to her. audition for the witches <laughs> yeah 100 yeah. percent. however for like whatever reason i like kind of felt bad for her character which i don't think was intentional i was like oh my god they're like ruining this woman's life and then like <laughs> takes a long time for you to like not feel bad for the character but uh yeah i don't know something was like a little off for me, but I do love Ramona Young. I think it's her name. Oh yeah, deadpan um, hilarious uh, every time yeah, you see her. So right? well, I think funny. individually everyone was okay. It's just like they weren't in the same movie. I want her to be me. Like I wanted Mrs. Wheeler to be like actually just so evil the whole movie. Like, I wanted her to like literally be the worst teacher, like doing the worst things, kidnap these kids, torture. Like I was ready for all of that, and then it was like. Oh, she's not that bad. It kind of felt like <laughs> I guess you guys you guys said the seller or uh the cow was kind of lifetimey. This kind of felt like a uh, free form. It felt like a little like a, a movie that was so like it didn't want to be too mean, too violent, too over the top, too vulgar. Yeah. It just it, it wanted to play it safe kind of every turn. Mm-hmm. Uh and I guess we haven't said the premise. So the premise is like basically like uh a kid needs to get a scholarship he's like the second born of a family and his brother is presumably this badass we never really meet him he's gonna fail this class because somebody cheated and so him and his friend who's like a quote-unquote hacker what a weird 2000 thing to be uh, (laughs) are gonna are gonna set up like this cancel culture type of thing with with their teacher who's like a fucking history teacher (laughs) at this this high school yeah, they frame, they frame her for murder on social media. Frame her for murder. Yeah. yeah. Well, say again, this deadline article, like, so I wrote 
the review for our friend's website. Again, I literally just like, even if I don't like a movie that much, I cannot rip it apart. There were things that I liked about it. Just like, wasn't my favorite movie, but I like read other articles. Everyone else ripped it apart, which is just like awful. Like, I'm just like, it wasn't, you know, that bad, but the deadline one was specifically cruel. Like the first paragraph of that article is the meanest, online bullying thing I've ever read. But also, but, I, I LOL'd when she read it out. I mean, it's unfortunately well-written. Like, I'm not saying it's bad writing. I'm just saying it's really mean. Which turns the tables, John and Kim. What did you think about the prank? I think the biggest thing is that it took, I realized halfway through that I wasn't the audience for it. Like this movie yeah. is for 12 year olds and it's going to be their favorite yeah. horror movie. I honestly think it's going to play on like Nickelodeon and YTV when they do like their October Halloween special movies. I could see this playing yeah. at 9, 9 p.m. for kids. Yeah. It's yeah. safe in that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's totally true. I, I also wasn't like in love with it. It had some goofy moments. I liked the characters, but yeah, it didn't. It's like it needed to be more cartoonish or it needed to be more sinister. Yeah, like darker or more fun. Yeah, we needed to get closer to David Fincher territory or closer to Scooby-Doo. Like those I needed, I need, like it's it's not a perfect blend of both of those things, but, uh, you know, a little bit more in one of those camps would have been nice. It was kind of like teaching Mrs. Tingle, only like made for TV. Uh, you're for right, Nancy you're, like, Drew. Like, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And 100% I genuinely hadn't Tingle. even considered it was a child's movie until literally you just said that. I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe kids will like it. Yeah, like it is yeah. a kid's movie. Yeah, like if you're 12 or 13, you're just like, man, I can't wait to go to high school and frame my physics teacher for murder. Yeah. Oh, we we completely glossed over Soft and Quiet. Kim and I didn't see that whatsoever. So, guys, tell us all about it. What uh, What did you think? I think it's a very important movie to watch. I think it is very stressful. Um, I have like a really hard time because like I feel like the only premise I had going into it was that a group of Karens set up a support group and then spiral out of control. And like, I don't even really want to give any other context because it, I think it's important to kind of go in blind because there are a lot of reveals that happen throughout the movie that were Adam said at one point, he's like, every time I looked at you, your mouth was open. <laughs> <laughs> I know the girl beside me was literally like hand over her mouth. Like what is happening? And then I mentioned this to you guys before we started, the filmmaker was like, no, no funny business. Like she walked up and she was like, so here's my film. Please enjoy it. <laughs> like, bye bye. Walked away. <laughs> and then after the movie was over, she came out like, so any questions? Wow. <laughs> like, uh, and I guess it was um, maybe like a movie that was uh, not well. I mean, I guess I can see why it's well, not well received. But also, if you're not receiving it, you're probably well, in the, the problematic territory. Well, so I think this movie was well received. I don't think this is a movie that is people people are celebrating so well, this movie no, was yeah. bought by blum house jason blum saw it and bought it before the festival so before we saw it it was already purchased um it doesn't have a landing spot yet but i will say this is the first this is of the indie stuff the movie where i watched i was like first of all the filmmaker like every every fucking aspect of this movie it hits i'm like it's the most creatively made it's a, a, all done in a single shot and it's not glamorous about it it wow. really gets nitty-gritty it feels like a documentary it's but it's also really innovative in how it shoots stuff it's very smart and how it stages action and horror uh but it's not a pure horror film it is i won't say anything more about the the plot but there but there's probably seven or eight performers in this film it's all real time so we actually sat next to one of them 
And she told us about that. And we're like, holy fuck. And she's like, there's only one kind of cut in the movie. The rest of it, it was real time. And the cut was at the very end. And, and you can kind of see where the cut is. And it's an 85 minute, 90 minute movie. And I will say like 45, 50 minutes in the movie. Uh, I, ha- I I think all of us got up to go to the bathroom because I think we needed to step out of the room because it was too intense. It was too, oh, wow. it's a movie that I would say is it almost is smothering you. It's hyperventilating uh, to watch this movie, but it's really important. It's immaculately made. I think it's the best crafted film in every way. Like the, every performance of, of the characters are truly unique characters that are really incredibly well. I mean, it really feels like you're watching like a real thing. I mean, there's cause the, nobody's showy in this movie. You're just like, Oh my fuck. Everyone is so real in this movie. And it's, but yeah, going blind. I, I, I hope like host, I hope they find a good landing spot for it. I can't imagine a trailer for that movie without a, mm. revealing. Yeah. You guys um, are fucking selling it. I'm so sold. As soon as you were like, <laughs> it's a group of Karens. I was like, what do we one one yes two what do you call a group of Karens? <laughs> oh, oh the dumpster fire of Karens, a, a cacophony of Karens. <laughs> yeah, no, they're really called a Craig. <laughs> <laughs> two Karens are, are a Craig. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great. But yeah, we can't. We can only objectively. I mean, I think. I mean, literally, like it was. It was truthfully. I know Eric, uh, who does the podcast with me, he, he, he got up and walked out of the movie and then he came back and I did the same thing after him a few minutes later. It, it was this, there, this building. I mean, it is a pressure boiler. If I've ever sat through one where wow. like it gets to a point where like stuff starts happening. And I, I like my tolerance for everything is so high, but it was felt so real. I'm like, I have to look away. There's just, it's just too much. My mind is fucked right now. And I feel mm-hmm. so, so many feelings. We wow. gotta see yeah. this fucking movie. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you gotta yeah. see this fucking movie. No which, pressure. Which, uh, which, which brings us to our last movie, X. It technically played at South by Southwest. It's in movie theaters now. I don't expect any of us to spoil anything, but what'd you guys think of X? I think we've, no, I think we've kind of like been around the like edges. We've kind of been like hinting at the fact that none of us really loved it. Unfortunately. Yeah, we've talked shit on X in like every ten minutes. So. <laughs> no, you, you guys go first because this is this is uh, the Nightmare on Film Street podcast. Huh? <laughs> sure. I'm gonna fight. take that stance where like i'm not mad at it but i'm just disappointed yeah it's it's yeah. Like, everything about it should be like my new favorite movie right like i love ty west i love the 70s i love i guess porn. I love porn yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah but texas chainsaw massacre like it's essentially just like the sexiest slasher that you've had in a while like no horror movies fuck anymore and this one fucks and it's so true though like y- you say that and you-, you don't really think about it but you're just like yeah like they really have taken the sex out of horror movies and out of cinema in general like movie cinema is just not sexy anymore yeah 100 percent. and in the 80s movies were nothing but sex in the 70s movies were nothing but sex yeah and i you even outside of that movie's got great sound design like holy shit does he like a crisp sound capture just like yeah fuck <laughs> it you want to hear what this dial sounds like when we turn it you're gonna hear all of it you know i think that's the biggest thing that that like crushes you is just that everything else is nailed like the characters are so fucking oh my good. god kid cuddy in this movie oh. is amazing <laughs> and britney snow is like fucking stunning and mia goth looks so cool and you just you want the you want the best and the and the worst for everybody in this movie because it's just such a a cast of characters that you're just you're on board immediately you see the poster and you're like yep this is a fucking movie i'm ready to go yeah some some of the kills are great some of them aren't but 
uh, you know, like it looks great. It's a totally competent movie. Uh, the thing that pisses me off the most about it and about so many movies that come out now, it's that it's part of a trilogy and you don't, you really don't feel like you're watching a standalone movie. And I fucking hate that because I came to the movies to watch a movie. I did not come to watch television. And especially because it's an, it's an original IP. Like you're, you're going out because you're like, this is... Ty West is a guy that makes, writes stories, creates original IP. This is something we haven't seen before. And then for it to be like, oh, A24 is making a franchise. Yeah. And I got, I got to tell you, yeah. as a person who uh, is constantly trying, is constantly screaming at the sky, like, how come we don't have any more original ideas? It sucks. <laughs> it sucks when an original idea comes and you, you can't say that it's your favorite movie ever. Yeah. So the interviews we've been given... The surprise of South by was the trailer at the end. And you told me in, in Canada, you don't have that. We trailer. didn't get it. We haven't uh, seen yeah. it. We don't know what's in it. We don't know anything. <laughs> I mean, it's just like a mashup of stuff. You don't really get an identity of what the movie is. But he said that like making this movie, he started writing the prequel. And then supposedly that got funded. And then they extend- I, I find a lot of this hard to believe just how the logistics of making movies is, mm-hmm. but like the, basically like they were in the middle of making this movie. He got the idea for the, the, the next movie, wrote it during the production. And then they filmed it after immediately after during basically in the same sets and everything like that, which does make sense. You're like, well, it's, a, it's on a farm. So they re- here. Redress yeah. the farm and they have me a goth, blah, blah, blah. Like, and then, and then he said like, everything is a universe now. So I guess this is mine. Do you really think that this was, that he a came up with that movie solo or was it B always that they wanted to have like a Ty West two or three part trilogy. I think at some point the villains go undersold because he's holding his cards still close to his chest. Yeah. And that makes it less impactful because it just becomes like an undercooked slasher because we don't, we don't get to view anything deeper. And like with Ty West, we're expecting something deeper well you know that you know they're holding back on those characters (laughs) yeah there's there's very clearly a a story that these two have and you can see like that we are seeing like the the conclusion of that story it's it's like it's referring to something that you haven't seen yet a movie that doesn't exist so i kind of do find it hard to believe that that story is true like i think they probably went into it with the universe idea I didn't get the prequel thing out of it. I got the like, wow, whoever's making this movie is just like super sad and like really struggling with getting older in like the absolute <laughs> most immature, worst way possible as like, oh, wow, I can't fuck my wife anymore. Boo hoo. Here's all these hot people <laughs> who fuck all the time. Like, what do you mean? That's a whole movie. Like, well, and also like saying it's an original film, like every I feel like every scene is derivative of some other slasher film. Everyone's calling it Texas Chainsaw. I mean, scenes that I definitely recognize from Halloween. I think you mentioned other movie. Halloween is the one I think of. It's like the first person like knife scene thing happening where they walk into the room um, on the girl sleeping. Uh, I, I don't know. I just don't think it's that original. I didn't think it was very good. I It's like the cinematography was the best thing I could say about it, which is like, great. You can shoot a pretty film these days. <laughs> it's not that impressive. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess like. I think Kim, you may have said this more eloquently, but like Ty West's, I think for people our age, you know, there was like Adam Wingard, Simon Barrett, Ty West, yeah, Joe Swanberg, like late late two thousands growing up, like those were kind of our our indie heroes. And Ty was the the true horror of the bunch because everyone else kind of did a little bit of everything. Uh and Ty really loved Tori, you know, like 
House of the Devil, Innkeepers, and even his Western. I fucking loved his Western. Like all these movies, like the, the Western maybe is like quote unquote best movie. No one really saw it. didn't make wow. any money. And, and like a lot of interviews, he's kind of said like kind of a boohoo thing of like everyone else is succeeding, but I'm not. I'm, and he was, I mean, he's right. Like he was making really good movies. He should be much more successful than he was given. And then we went six years, I think, since uh, In a Valley of Violence, which I, I mean, I know I showed the movie. Nobody came out and watched it, but it had Travolta as the villain and, mm-hmm. and uh, Ethan Hawke. And it was a really good movie, uh, but nobody saw it. And it was his biggest film to date and blah, 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 blah. But, but like he kind of went to this, oh, no one wants to make my ideas. His studio projects kept falling apart. It was really tough for him. And then now like he pitched the idea, you know, based on interviews, he said like, I'm getting older and this is like my, like I'm getting older movie. And, and, and Ashley puts in the context which she's right of like, so old people can't fuck their wife. Like if, if had only this, that's like the context, like old people are mad because they can't fuck and young people are fucking. So might as well kill them. Like that's the premise of the movie. And it's just like, how do you make a joyless movie about, 70s amateur porn i don't know but like in my opinion <laughs> he did it and like every everyone around us seems to really like it which is kind of com- complexing or per- perplexing because i do like a lot of a24 horror films i do like all this stuff i love slasher movies and i was i love eight i love ty west and i'm like ty west a24 his biggest budget best cast 70s amateur porn slasher movie this is going to be the best movie of the decade for me yeah right it sure sounded like it yeah it's like this is the first this is the bones of the movie but there's no meat on it yet like it's like the first draft of a script that's not really fully fleshed out again with the tagline being one goddamn goddamn fucked up horror film i would say medium fucked up (laughs) not that fucked up it's just again like i love ty west so much so it's like i find like like his his needle drops are so fucking good and then this movie you're like you're gonna play "Don't Fear the Reaper" before the first kill. You're gonna play. I'm gonna. Land I'm gonna have fly. to defend that. I, one. I, I do I love that... "Don't." I. I will <laughs> well, never listen, not listen. love I, I, "Don't Fear the Reaper." I roll my eyes a little bit time. too, but <laughs> on the nose yeah, or not? But, but like only because the next one, right? Only because the next, the next one is landslide, and it's like, oh, I gotta admit that I'm getting older, and you're getting older too. It's like, oh, I get it. This movie's about age and death and being young. And it's like, it's just so, un, you know, and I do love Dump for the Reaper. So like, I'm okay with you using it, but you can't use both motherfucker. You can't use <laughs> you have three needle drops in this movie. They're all about life and death and being young and horny. And it's like, man, I, and I know this movie is like realistically in my life. It's like a, a C, a 70%, whatever you want. It's a passing grade. It's fine. But like when it's Ty West in A24, it's like, no, that should have been a B, A. It should have been A++. Yeah. But for me, it's like, because <laughs> it's Ty West in A24, it's an F. It's not a C. It's an F. It makes me hurt so bad because I was like so hyped for this movie. Yeah. And it's just so average and everyone really likes it. And I'm like, this is such an average. When we think about like, I guess, recent slashers, I'm like, man, I was hard on Scream 5, but Scream 5 was at least good. (laughs) At least I had some fun with it. I don't know. I just had like, it felt so joyless. It felt like a person that was so mad at the world making a slasher movie to be like, see, I can make popular shit and everyone likes it. You know, I don't, I don't think the whole, uh, you know, like that, that they're getting older and they can't have sex. And so they're going to kill these, these kids is like, I don't think it's that bad, but I think it requires you to know those people first. Yeah. Um, when we when we did like our our podcast review of it, I kind of said like this would be rad if it was uh, the Natural Born Killers Part Two. 
Yeah, like, like if you if, oh, yeah. if they Hell introduce yeah. this is Mickey and Mallory, we're seeing them <laughs> yeah. in their senior years, you're just like fucking A. Oh Instantly yeah. the movie is better, but we don't know this couple at yeah, all. Yeah, like if, if we knew them and we knew that like sex and violence was like such a large part of who they were and like they couldn't do really either of those things. It's anymore. their identity. Yeah, yeah, like that now that makes sense. And like that's the stuff that pisses me off about watching this movie now, because I know there's a whole other movie that's going to make this movie better and fuck you for not giving me that movie first or put at least putting it in this one yeah uh did you stay and watch the like prequel trailer we didn't, no we, we didn't, didn't get, get it. it it wasn't in we I stayed guess, yeah i would even say like on. the trailer doesn't really make me feel like that though like the trailer kind of just i think set them up as just like generic murderers okay all right <laughs> i don't even know that the trailer made them that interesting like the way you paint them yeah <laughs> on board love it but i don't even i i guess i was just like tuned out by the end though so it, yeah. it might have made them that interesting but i'm i don't think it did i think it was just like no mia no, goth no, murdering not, people we didn't see the the guy at all it's just it yeah. was like me I, well we can't spoil it but yeah yeah uh yeah i just a- anyways <laughs> the version well no not really because it's kind of hard to unpack what it's doing because it it doesn't do a lot with the killers of that movie and I think that's what I think that's what you're both saying is like we just needed like a flashback scene of them 25 years in their prime yeah, like yeah to know be like oh this is Mickey Mallory this is you know or even like Thelma and Louise right Bonnie and Clyde we just need to know this is a couple that have like done but this. again if if the story is true that he didn't start writing it till he was on set maybe someone gave him that feedback like hey I don't give a fuck about these characters <laughs> like, <laughs> you got to write the prequel <laughs> yeah it was it, it was a I mean I. I don't know. Like, had I seen it with a packed crowd, everyone like cast crew, they're all hooting and hollering. Like, it's gonna play it up. I, I probably would like them more. But we also, for for you all to know, we went in opening night first show, had a couple beers before. All of it. us were like, we're like this. We're ready to get on our knees for this movie. We were like, this movie's. I mean, I will also say me. the group of friends we were with, we all have very differing opinions most of the time. Like, we have a friend Blair who pretty generally if i don't like a movie he probably likes it uh same with my friend jordan she very often does not like the same movies as me and she i she gave that movie a b she was like i don't think i didn't like it as much as you guys did but i definitely don't think it was a top top tier film so i would say of the what five of five or six of us that went like we're not usually all on the same page. So leaving that movie being basically on the same page, but so against the critics was pretty shocking. Wow. <laughs> I guess like we, we, we can get frustrated when it's more disappointing. Right. I think uh, Kim said that like it, it's a disappointment, mm-hmm. yeah. which makes it hurt more. Had it just been average or had it just been like way over the top, at least it's like doing something that's just so insane but being like a disappointment and just being so flat with a lot of things where, where there was like ideas and moments to take off. And like, I don't know how you don't write like the most sex jokes when you're making amateur seventies porn, but you just like miss a lot of them. And you miss a lot of inter- interesting opportunities to just make like a movie. That's just like, it feels like the bare minimum. Like it feels more like more camp was needed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it just needed to be more fun. And it feels like, Ty had been so if, just following his career. It feels like he had been so burned doing interesting things that he's like, I'm going to do the laziest fucking thing I could do. And people are going to love it. And he's not wrong. Like, he's that, he, yeah, he, it's true. His, he's not wrong. I mean, yeah, he is succeeding. So. Yeah. We are <laughs> all people who really liked his earlier stuff. And now that we've got like a like Ty West 2.0, like, all right, well, at least he's making money. <laughs> I will say the next one looks like 
off the fucking rails. Like it looks like I don't even I can't even redepict anything except for well, I think it point, was somebody Blair. exploded. Yeah, Blair was like, I mean, in the in the thirty seconds of that last trailer, someone literally blew up. So I'm into that. Yeah, like yeah. like act of God. It looks like an act of God. Like they're saying in the middle of the field they explode. I'm like I don't know. That looks more interesting than the entire X. And that one appears to be in the daylight. So, you know, what we said about daylight movies, A+. Hell yeah. (laughs) Uh, I always think of whenever I I get this feeling about a movie, that Tyra Banks meme from America's Next Top Model, where she's like, we were rooting for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's that's horror fans when they're disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us on the show and talking about South by Southwest with us. Uh, this was a blast. I love talking with people who actually love movies. There's nothing worse than being like, hey, what are you? What What did you think about this? It's like, eh. And it was so great to have ears on the ground this year for yeah. the stuff that we couldn't see in theaters because you guys got all of the fucking A24 shit. Oh, you <laughs> Didn't get to drink. Well, I'm Nicholas sorry Cage. you can't use most of this, you know, but <laughs> I'm excited to see what comes out of it. But we're proud to be uh, a 24 bucks for you. Uh... We did our best. Yeah, we did our we did our best. That's the new sign off for the podcast, I think. Like, all right, everybody, until next time, I'm John. We did our we best. We did our best. <laughs> Thank you again to Adam and Ashley for joining us uh, to talk about our favorite movies at the South by Southwest Film Festival. You can find reviews for damn near every single movie we talked about at nofspodcast.com. Make sure you add them to your watch list on Letterboxd and, you know, just keep an eye on our social media channels. We will be telling you uh, when you can finally watch any of these movies, all of these movies. But also keep an eye out for uh, any local film festivals in your area. There's a pretty good chance these movies will also be playing there. And, of course, you can hear our full thoughts, spoilers and all, on Ty West's X over in the Nightmare on Film Street Fiend Club at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub. We'll be back at you again next week with a regularly scheduled episode. We're talking about an early 2000s, late 90s? I don't really remember when this movie came out, but a perfect horror movie for your spring break watch list. Until then, stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive, but we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.